Welcome to the Pure Energy Dogcast, where we talk about everything from dog training to dog ownership to business to God, you name it, we talk about it. Let's dive in. Hey guys, I'm Stacey Cotter. I am your host and I am joined with my co-host, Travis Cotter, who is also my husband. What are we talking about today, Travis? Hello. Hi. <laughs> um, this has been a long time coming. Yeah, it has. So, fun fact, quick backstory, you guys. <laughs> Travis and I actually did a much different version of this about, what, eight years ago now? Or Q&As. We used to do Q&As on YouTube, and it was just filmed with my cell phone, and it was just him and I, no mics, nothing like that. <laughs> um, we have a much different setup going on here today, which is pretty Fancy. cool. Yeah. But we had a, Do I you have know. ball on my teeth? No. Okay. You look good. Okay. I would, I'll let you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we had to take a little break. We had some kids. We grew the business. We moved. A lot of stuff happened. So yeah. this has been about a podcast eight years in the making. Is it eight or ten? It's about eight. I think about eight. We'll round it down. I don't want to sound too old. So Okay. Yeah. Well, I think it's appropriate for the listeners to understand who you are, mm -hmm. because you are the captain of the business. You run the day-to-day, -day, you are the visionary, mm -hmm. pretty much do everything with Pure Energy. I do not do everything, so that's, that's a not good... Not anymore. Yeah. Not, not anymore. anymore. You, have, you have grown into a leadership role, mm -hmm. which is a lot of fun to watch, mm -hmm. and I am proud of you for that. Yeah. You're killing it. Thank you. So... Why don't you give some background on who you are? Okay, so I'm Stacy. <laughs> um, we have two kids, Shay and Tegan, three and five. Uh, we've had the business now for eight years. Um, we started the business, though, in New Jersey, and that's where Travis and I were born and raised. So we just recently moved to North Carolina, what, about two years ago now? April will be two years. Yeah, so we're going on two years. And the first year that we moved, I took off because I, we were at the move, getting used to everything, and then we knew that we wanted to change some things in the business. So we came back, Pure Energy 2.0, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, but so my love of animals started when I was young. I knew when I was a kid I loved animals. But to be honest, I knew I didn't want to be a vet because I couldn't handle like the blood and the surgeries. So I was kind of lost because honestly, outside of that, the next thought that I had was to be a big, big cat photographer, and I was going to go to Africa. How old were you when you were thinking? Probably about like that? eight or so. Eight I would watch those okay. documentaries on Animal Planet. I remember that. Like that was my. Didn't you have a crush on? Um, what was his Steve name? Irwin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> May his soul rest in peace. Yes, um, Steve Irwin. Yes, was my first <laughs> crush. If we're getting that deep, mm -hmm. Steve Irwin. Um, yep. So, I basically yeah, I wanted to be Steve Irwin. Like. Or his wife, sorry, but <laughs> his wife at the, time, wife at the time, He's you know. Um, but yeah, so that was basically my life: animals, adventure, God rest his soul, by the way. Yes, all of that stuff. Um, but I kind of knew that wasn't in my future when I started to get a little bit older, more mature, and realized the risk involved in all of that. I was like, yeah, maybe not. Um, so I. Remember, I was actually working at a bagel shop, and I didn't want to work there anymore. I was in high school, and or I had just graduated high school, and I decided to quit one day. I was like, you know what? I'm done. What were you doing in the bagel shop? I was just... Were you cash register? Yeah. Yeah, cash register, cream cheesing, buttering, toasting. Did I didn't touch the eggs. The stove freaked me out. I didn't... Those I didn't were the that. early mornings, right? Yeah. 
Yep, I'd make the coffee. I had my my full setup. Yeah, like I had my my early crew waiting there at the door. It was fun. It was a good time. But I decided I didn't want to do that anymore. I figured my life had bigger plans, and I quit. So I quit. Didn't have any plan. But before that, do you feel like you in that job? Do you feel like you picked up a bunch of people skills? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like and how every, I would. This was high school. I did it on the weekends, and then like first two years of college. So you were like. 17. Eight, yeah, 17 to like 18, 19. Gotcha. Yeah, around that age. Awesome. And yeah, of course, you know, you had to be personable and smile and even early in the morning. And I've always been a pretty, like pretty much an early morning person. So that wasn't an issue for me. But I did. I, lo I loved people. I love interacting with people. So that was good. And then I quit. I was just like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. What am I going to do? Do I need to go back to school? Where am I going with my life? And I remember I didn't have a job for like two or three days. And my mom like, busted in the room and she <laughs> threw a newspaper at me and actually hit me like in the bed and she's like I circled a job you have an interview set up you go tomorrow and I, I open the newspaper and I look at it and it was a kennel aid position and I'm reading the task which is like <laughs> cleaning up after the animals like you know poop clean up sanitary and I was like I'm not scooping poop. And she looked at me and she pointed to my face. This is the most firm she's ever been in my life. She looked at me and she said, you will and you will like it. And I was like, oh my, we are, we are getting this job. Absolutely. So this was in the, just to shed some light for everybody, this was in the same town as where your mom worked and where you guys lived. Yes, yes. My mom was an EMT for the township. So it was a township job. She's like, I'm getting you this job and you're, you know, you're my daughter. They know who I am. And I was like, oh man. Right. So like now you're like in a place to where like, as far as like thinking you're like, okay, now I need to represent my family yes. in some capacity. Yes. But I was a little bit of a rebel. I was like the black sheep <laughs> kind of a kind of a person in the family. Still and are. I went to the job with a chip on my shoulder for sure. I remember parking and being like, I'm not doing this. Like I'm gonna tank this interview. I don't want to do this. But then I walked through the front doors and I saw all the cats in the cages. I heard the dogs barking and instantly that love of animals uh, kicked back in. It overrode your ego. Yes. Yeah, and awesome. and I was just like, oh, I do need this job. Like, I don't care what it is. Like, I want to be with these things. So, yeah, we went in. I interviewed, put on, you know, my game phase for that. I did get the job. And surprisingly enough, I loved it. And people... I. I understand like that definitely sounds weird. My job did, it, it, it was just scooping poop, hosing out pee in the kennels, walking the dogs, rotating the dogs, and putting down new fresh bedding. And for some reason- How old were you at this point? 20, I think, 20 or 21. I think I was like just turning 21 because I was pretty sure like, yeah, my, all my friends started going out to drink, but this job started early. And I was kind of like, well, I have, I'll try, but like I have work in the morning. And you know, I was the first one in, so. I did have that responsibility, but I loved, you know, coming in, the kennels, kennels were all a mess. I would come in, let all the dogs outside, clean everything up. I would make sure that I would pick like the comfiest blanket, the comfiest pillow and like make them all cozy and clean. I made sure everything was dry. Like I didn't want them coming in and getting their paws wet. Like it really kicked into like this nurturing side of animals for me and really opened my heart and my eyes to the the world of dogs that aren't well taken care of and aren't treated how like my personal pets were always treated can we pause there mm -hmm. so bagel shop right <laughs> yes. 17 18 mm -hmm. right from there you spent some time in college playing sports 
Yes. Oh, yes. There the only reason why I'm breaking gap. this up is because you're my wife and I know you. Yeah. So I just. It was a short gap, to be fair. Okay. I went for a semester. Right. But you grew up playing sports in mm -hmm. high school, middle school. Yeah. What'd you play? Uh, basketball and lacrosse. What'd you like better? Oh, that's hard. Well, so basketball, <laughs> I did the longest. Because, I mean, if you meet me in person, I'm 5'9", I'm a tall female, so instantly it was just like, basketball. Like, right. Came out long, and they were like, she's basketball. Like, it was kind of just a shoe well, in I didn't really have a choice. It was just like, this Super is pretty. what, oh, thanks. Like, this is what you're doing. And But I did love it. So I played basketball from the time I was eight until my senior year of college because my freshman year of college, I was introduced to lacrosse. And so I picked up lacrosse and actually got... Went, went to college and played lacrosse for that first semester mm -hmm. when I was at school. I just didn't like college. Pennsylvania is very cold and you have to walk everywhere when you're a freshman. And I was just like, this isn't for me. So you got drilled down with people skills, work yeah. ethic. That work ethic probably stemmed from a lot of your, um, your sports yeah. so association. I think I got pretty much most of my self-discipline from sports yep. because I was good, but I am very competitive. So I needed mm -hmm. to be the best. Yeah, I needed last. to be team captain and being the captain of teams too is also important because that was leadership. And it wasn't about me. I can't win the game myself. Right. I, I had to go, Hey guys, we got to get the morale up. Let's go. Like we can do this. We got this. You're doing so good. Like just even if somebody, you know, on the team who maybe wasn't the star player, any little thing that I could just like be running down the court backwards, clapping for them and pointing at them. Push and them. I would see them light up. I was like, yes. And then all of a sudden they're making shots and they're doing this and that. And I loved that. Like I thrived on that. So, you know, being at home, my mom did her best, but it was a single, you know, mom household with me and my sister and stuff like that. So I think I found a lot of comfort in sports, too, because my mom worked late and then like my sister and I would have to, you know, get dinner ready and stuff like that. So in a way, sports filled up my time, but it also really started to curate and form these skills that at the time I had no idea what was even happening. I was just enjoying what I was doing. Or how you would implement that later. In life. Yes. Yep. Yes, and God always goes before us, and I think that was definitely where he was going before me, laying this out, laying out this road work to yeah. eventually have a team one day of my own. Awesome. So so some college wasn't for you? No. Okay. <laughs> Props to anybody who can, but yeah. no, not this you. girl. Mm -mm. I'm with you on that. I didn't go to college either. Yeah. Um, I was like, tell me how I'm going to use this. Right. Like, these, I, where is this coming well, in? Unless you're going to be an attorney. Yes. You know, no, I'm so. talking about like the math, like the certain like formulas. I was like, mm -hmm. I am not a chemist. Why am I taking this class? Like, <laughs> calculators are and awesome. And I'm paying for it? Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So fast forward back to you start this new job mm -hmm. as a, a Kennaway yep. at the shelter mm -hmm. in your hometown mm -hmm. in New Jersey, freezing cold in the winter. Yeah. How'd you deal with that? Well, I just did. Like that wasn't, yeah, there wasn't much of a choice there. Again, like once I walked into that building, that that love for animals really just overrode everything else. Like nothing else at that point mattered because it was just, I mean, I still didn't like the cold. I, I still don't like the cold. That's North Carolina. Yeah. Even though it gets cold here. A little bit warmer. Yeah. Not like New Jersey. Yeah, we, we made a good move there. But yeah, it was just like that love for animals just kind of... It gave me a purpose to push through the cold and push through the fact that, yes, I'm scooping poop. Right, and it brings you back to being an eight-year-old kid mm -hmm. with a crush on Steve Irwin. Yeah. <laughs> you got to let it go, man. <laughs> <laughs> I will. That's fine. One day. I'll keep praying about it. Um, so all that work ethic, all that 
love, mm-hmm. you're in the shelters, you're doing the day-to-day. And then you show up. Hey. Hey. <laughs> so quick background story. That's actually how Travis and I met was through the animal shelter. So I had gotten hired as the kennel aide, and it was an animal shelter where they also ran animal control as well. So um, we had animal control officers. Like, everybody's above me. I am, like, the, the bottom, right? Which is fine, though. Again, I, I love this. It was okay. Yes. But I have all these officers. Like, they have badges. Like, I'm like, wow, these people Tons are like, super important. Yeah, and I'm a kid. I'm like, wow, this is, this is great. We're doing stuff here. Hmm. And one day... The, the rule was one officer always had to be at the facility. In order for the facility door to be unlocked and open, one officer had to be there, not just like the young child that they let go scoop poop. They didn't trust me enough, right? You're an adult. Though. I know. But so <laughs> I could not be left there by myself. Well, one day stuff hit the fan. There was calls everywhere and emergency calls, not like, oh, my dog is out and can you canvas the neighborhood? It was, These were like hit, hit, hit dogs hit by car, like big stuff. So I remember her name was Dale. She ended up being an amazing friend of mine. Um, but she's like, listen, Stace, I have to lock the door. Don't let anybody in. I have to go. We're going to be back as soon as we can. I got to go. Like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's my first week. I'm like, oh, it's my time. I'm going to prove myself. I'm going to have this place like spick and span by the time they get home. <laughs> and um, they all go out. I'm doing my thing. I'm sitting in the office. And I look up and a car pulls in. And in my head, I'm like, well, the door's locked. No big deal. You know, can't can't come in and I don't know like maybe they didn't lock the door or something because you opened the door and my heart sunk I was like what do I do and you just came walking in and you were just like hey I'm traveling remember you had sunglasses on you pulled up your sunglasses and you were just like hey like I'm the dog trainer and I was just like oh okay is that how I announced myself yes and and I was like okay and you went back to (laughs) like behind like into the office and grabbed the leash and I was like oh do you do you need do you know where like, I went to go help you? And you just like took the stuff and walked back. And I was like, okay, bye. Like you could tell that like you knew what you were doing and I still didn't. And you just like walked back and you went, went to go take out, what was her name? Bessie? Bessie. Bessie. And I didn't, again, I didn't know any of this was happening. I just thought this was like status quo. No big deal. So you're back there doing your thing. Eventually Dale comes back in the van and she's like, okay, you know, how did everything go? And I was like, great. The dog trainer is here and like everything is good. And she stops and looks at me and was like, what dog trainer? We don't have a dog trainer. And I was like, pardon? (laughs) What? (laughs) Like, what do you mean? No, he's here. You you do because he's here. And she's like, no, we don't. And she runs into the back and she looks through the kennels. I remember it perfectly. And she looks over at Bessie's kennel. It's the only kennel that didn't have a dog in it. And Bessie was a dog that I was even told nobody touches. Like there was a couple um officers at the facility who could handle her but i wasn't allowed to like move her in and out or take her on walk she had you know some aggressive issues that she was working through and for safety reasons she was off limits and so i look back and i was like why would you take bessie and she's like i don't know and so she goes up to the front she's calling the boss she's calling all these people i'm like no no no. he must be in the back where we would take the dogs out so i run back there that gate is wide open you're not back there i run all over the property i'm like this man came in and stole a dog like this, I'm so fired. My mom is going to be so mad at me, like instantly. So like my first probably, you know, 20 minutes of thinking about you is like pure hatred. I was like, this man is evil. Like he is the worst. Why would he do this to me? And I actually started like running like down the side road where like some people like could walk dogs. 
but it turns into woods. So I remember getting like halfway down there and I'm, and I don't know the area yet. So I didn't know it turned into woods and I'm looking and all of a sudden it's like trails and woods. And I was like, this guy could be a murderer. Like I, th this dog, this job is not worth it. I'm going back. And so I remember running back and then the other officers are pulling in and I, Dale's meeting them in the parking lot and explaining what happened and how we lost Bessie. And then here you come riding your bicycle down the street with Bessie, like happy as could be, just like frolicking next to you on the bike, like never seen this dog like pant or look happy. And she's, you know, living on cloud nine. And I go, that's him. Like, like literally like, that's him, boys, go get him. Like pointed at you. Everybody looks and they go, oh travis and everybody comes over and they're hugging you and you get off your bike and put it down you didn't even have a little peg stand you just laid it down that's how much i remember this it's because i was stand. traumatized so oh yeah whatever so you know and everybody's hugging and then everybody walks inside and i'm still standing in the parking lot like am i am i fired is this okay like what just happened no guys that's the guy like and we walk in and really nobody ever like talked to me about it they were just like oh yeah that's travis he he's like he comes he's the volunteer trainer he comes in when he can but you had been gone for months you were in costa rica and they didn't know you were back and that's where the whole no we don't have a dog trainer what do you mean idea came in right so that's how we met and you scared me but then uh you kept coming back which was nice and you're working with the dogs and i think just i was watching you and i was watching caesar milan i was kind of picking up on some slip leash you know training and stuff that i was just starting to implement really for my own benefit because the dogs would pull me out the door and jump all over me so i was just starting to do some energy stuff and you know being calm around them and waiting them out waiting for calmness and things like that and I think you had said, like, you're really good with these dogs. Like, do you want to come walk with me? I'll show you some stuff. You, sh you can train a little bit. You had natural leash handlings, handling skills. So you're yeah. really good with, with that. Yeah. So we started going on walks together. And in the back of my head, I was like, well, like, this is really cool because, I mean, all of a sudden this, everything that you were telling me about dog training was like, I was like a sponge. I was so excited. Like, I remember you would say something and instantly I would like start trying it. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, not right now. I'm like, no, no, I gotta try. Just wanna um, see if I can do it. Yeah. And I mean, not terrible that I thought you were pretty cute. So that was just like, just that guy's coming back. That's cool. Um, and then it started like chatter between work started. Dale's like, oh, you guys like you look, you know, you guys look cute. Or oh, is, is your friend coming back? Like little, little chatter started. And I was like, no, 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 stop, stop. I'm playing it cool. I thought I was, thought I was playing it cool. And I remember it took like two months of dog walking with you every day for you to finally ask for my number. I just wanted to be sure. Oh man. I was like, he made me sweat <laughs> this out. Like, am I reading these signs wrong? Like what is happening? But. <laughs> Making me blush. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, you mean I was just sweating um, because I did not know. I was like, this is crazy. So finally you asked for a number and then I think you texted me that day. We hung out that night. It was like really fast. And then we hung out every single night since then. Forever. Forever and ever. That's right. So that's pretty cool. Well, that's fun. <laughs> so let's fast forward to pure energy. Mm -hmm. So you actually went from not to spend too much time in, in the kennel world and the, the, the shelter game, you went from a kennel aide to a animal control officer. And cruelty investigator. I had to go back to school. Um, it was just a semester to get uh, ACO, ACI certified. Did that, came back, the guy was retiring, and then I took his position there. Right. Yep. So you did that for how long? Um, two years. A year and a half, two years, like right around that range, but 
hated it, like almost from day one. Right. Yeah. So there was a lot of stuff going yes. on that you probably don't want to deal with. No. Now, at that, at that time, I was like 22, maybe 23, somewhere in that I mean, range. 23, I think. And, you know, I'm having to knock on doors and, you know, subpoena people and get take people to court. What was that? Get cats off dead people. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. There was a corpse that I had to <laughs> catch a cat over and I was trying to be very respectful and not touch him. And I was like, this is stressful. Um, and, yeah, it was just it, – it was also sad. Like there were, you know, animal abuse cases that I was dealing with and puppy mills and all of this horrible – like just – all the worst stories you could imagine. So you got away from all the things that you loved yeah. doing with animals mm -hmm. and just went into a, a, more of a like a um, uh, police role. Yep. Right. For animals. Yeah. And then you saw the worst of the worst. Mm -hmm. So from that to the dogs within the shelter, mm -hmm. you were still working with the dogs in the shelter because you, you started to gain a bunch of uh, training skills. Yes. So... What I realized through doing the road calls, it was like, okay, if a call comes in and there's multiple officers, since I was young and female at the time, I, well, still female, but young at the time and female, um, I think, <laughs> just to, yep, just clear that up, um, I think that they were kind of protecting me a little bit. Like when calls would come in, the guys would kind of go out first. Mm -hmm. These, you know, 40-year-old, 50-year-old men would be like, we'll take it, we'll take it. And they would give me the, you know, the, the easier ones or the daily tasks of like, you have to bring this dog to the vet. And some people might be like, oh, that's, you know, rude or what. No, I was like, yes, give it, help me, you know, mm -hmm. like do that because I'm not comfortable going around these certain people that to me were very sketchy in certain situations and scary and I was like no no you go that's a that's a better idea right. um so I started like naturally just kind of like being more at the facility because we also ran adoptions and I quickly learned that I was really good at that it was back to working with the dogs taking care of the dogs and now working with people and making sure that they were a good adoption fit you know so like asking them the right questions having them walk around with the dog you so know the dog, like really dog's character yeah you don't, you don't make, want to take a you know uh, a fun hyper pit bull mm -hmm. that wants to go hiking and and parent with a grandma yeah exactly exactly and i really loved that and just the feedback and the responses so i started hanging back and i was really good at that the other and then on the flip side the guys would just be like oh yeah you want him he's yours like they didn't no. want to they were do... just trying to get a, get homes from yes them. exactly so we you, quickly you were preventing them from coming back yes yeah. yes we quickly like learned our strengths in that you know in that department and so i was doing more of that and then by doing that it was allowing me more time to train the dogs, work with the dogs, you know, develop my skills. At this point, I'm reading more about dog training and looking at online courses and doing all of these different things. And I would learn it at home that night and I would go into work the next day and apply it, yep. right? And I would just figure it out. And then you would come in and like, we were always like going back and forth and you were working with a rescue at the time and you were always getting tips and stuff from him and he was doing rescue and training. And right. so we were really starting to immerse ourselves in that world and, um, quickly what started to happen was you know when you walk into an animal shelter it's very loud all the dogs are barking all the dogs are jumping they're feeding off of each other there's no structure everything is just crazy and loud 
people, what we started to do was train the dogs that when you heard that door open, they knew it was me, right? Because I was the first one in, first one out. I'd always get there a little bit early and leave a little bit late. And I would work with these dogs that if I come in and I train them to sit first, and then what I started doing was training that training them that when I walk in, you come to the front and you sit, and, you're, and when you're quiet, that's when I'll give you the treats, right? So mm -hmm. I started like free shape, like doing the training and then free shaping a little bit, waiting for them to sit, treat, next dog, a lot of patience, a lot of waiting. And what started to happen was by the dogs that were there for a while, they started to be like my signature, like my um, almost like the uh, the board members, right? Like they were the ones that kind of taught the new dogs that would come in and would try to bark and be crazy. They would look at them like, you ain't getting a treat that way. What are you doing? Do this. She'll give you food for this, right? So we quickly... Um, Everybody started to work off each other. Yes. And then it was, okay, we had... Yeah, we had control over all the dogs, and anytime a new dog would come in, that dog would be a little barky, but within a couple of days, boom, right on track with the other dogs. And then, as a byproduct of that, we were to a place where we had to put uh, signs on the door that said, sorry, no dogs available for adoption, because we had no dogs left to adopt. Yeah. They would come in, we would train them up, they'd get homes within a week or two. Yeah. It, was, it was that fast. They, the turnover was great, and they were staying in those homes. They weren't coming back, because in the the adoption sessions with the people, I was teaching them leash skills. I was teaching them what to wait for, what to look for, when to feed, when Pretty to value. pet. Yes. Yeah. And they were just soaking that in. So I would even start to have some people that I'd be like, hey, if you have any questions, just call me. Like, I don't want him to come back. He's a great dog. Here's my personal number. And I would get calls and text. And that kind of started rolling in over to like my idea of like, maybe this could be like a business, like something mm -hmm that I could do outside of this. Mm -hmm. um, and I even think I met with a couple of those people just like at a park really quick to show them a thing or two, no money involved or anything yeah. like that. But then it was you who, after I would come home some days where I did have to go on the road and would see these horrible cases or have a dog that I thought had a lot of potential but for you know political reasons had to be euthanized and that, that was breaking happened. my heart. Hmm. Does that actually happen? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it happened a few times where there was like the one time in particular that kind of broke the straw that like broke that the camel's back. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm not, I don't stand for I this. remember I you coming home, like there was a lot of emotion involved and there was a lot of stress because you put so much time and energy into these dogs and you, you knew the dogs mm -hmm. better than anybody. Yeah. Right. So you knew the dogs better than I did. And mm -hmm. I was going there and training dogs with you. Mm -hmm. But you were there every single day and you could see the progress in each dog. Mm -hmm. And you know that if you're working towards, um, if you're going in every single day and you're seeing progress on a daily basis, you know that you'll eventually get there. It's just time. Mm -hmm. Right. But with the political side of things and the, the protocol that's put in place that is unwaverable, you only had a certain amount of time to yeah. be able to get a dog turned. Yep, there's red tape. There's yep. like only so much that I can do. You can do. do. Yep. Right. And that started to wear on me. And I would come home crying or I would call you on my lunch break. Like, right. I don't want to <laughs> go back. I want to come home. You would like literally cry. But then because you, you kind of, um, you showed your coworkers that you kind of, this was affecting you, mm -hmm. right? Because you, you know, you can't hide that. It's emotion, right? So. That, Try to fan out the eyes right. before walking back in. Yeah. But yeah, they could tell I was upset. And they thought it would help maybe if you took control of having to put the dog down. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. So that one in particular, they were like, long story short, we'll not get into de like full details of that one. But it was, I didn't agree that this dog should be put down because the dog was really nice. The reason, when the dog came in, it was classic. It probably was that guy's dog, but he said it was a stray. 
and didn't want to pay the surrender fee, right? Mm -hmm. So he said, it's a stray, it's not my dog, but we kind of knew it was his dog. The dog was like hugging him and like didn't want to come to us, was like hugging dad, you know? So my boss at the time was just kind of upset about that. He was saying, hey, if you surrender, like just to try to get the guy to confess. So I saw where he was going, like, hey, we won't even charge you the fee, just let us know what's yours. Yes. And then he kind of pulled the card of like, listen, we don't have room. If you surrender this dog here, it's going to get put down. Uh, you know, after seven days, if nobody claims it, it's going to get put down. And the guy was just like, okay, okay. And he's like, okay. And since he said those words, he kind of felt like he had to follow through. follow through with it. And the dog wasn't like this perfect dog. I won't, I won't, I won't sugarcoat it. He had some stuff he had to work through. He was very fearful. But so he was reactive. Yes. Because if you, he was fearful. So if you came in fast, he would like kind of hide and pee and like show his teeth a little bit. But as long as you went slow with him and he got to know you, which would have been a hard dog to, he place. was a, a sweetheart, which would have been a, a tougher dog. But granted, he just got thrown into this environment. It's loud. This was before we were training all the other dogs. So it was still loud. And it was, you know, you got to give him time to adjust, but the decision had, had already been made. Right. So then they were like, well, Stacy, you go take him to the vet. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Like, I don't agree with this. You're my boss. Like, I'm, I'm obviously can't stop you from doing it, but I'm not loading this dog up and taking this dog because we, we wouldn't have to euthanize them. We would have to bring them there and then the vets would do it. But we have to like be in the room. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not doing I don't support this. No, like I, I won't. And there was a threat of if you don't, you'll be fired. And it was like, well, okay, like I don't care. And that's when I got in the car and was crying to you. I didn't get fired for not doing it, but um, had to help load him up because he the, the energy obviously was off because everybody was kind of arguing over what to do. And so the dog was already like sketchy and like, oh what's happening. So it was hard for anybody to get the leash on him to get him into the van mm. to take him. So I had to go over and he, tr- and it broke my heart because he trusted me mm. to put the leash on him to take him out. And that's the straw that broke the Yeah, that was back. a trigger. Yes. So I was like, this goes against everything in my core, in yeah. my belief. There's nothing I can do. I, it wasn't even an option to take the dog with me and leave. It, yeah. I, they wouldn't have let me. Legally, it was their dog. It wasn't my dog. Yeah. So that was the one where I was like, I'm not going back. So then came pure energy dog training. Yes. Well, then came a couple of mentors that I found online. And I had, I remember saying to the computer looking at you, like, can we afford this? Like, can we go to this seminar? And it was, it was a few thousand dollars each ticket. And we both wanted, we were going to do it together. And I remember like it took a whole paycheck for me. And then I was like, it was like, like yeah. I remember. My, so I was starting a business at the same time. Yeah. Right. And then we funded it from that business mm-hmm. and then backfilled it. Yeah. And started like paying it back. Yeah. yeah. And we went and we did this week intensive and we learned a lot and then we combined it with what we already knew. And I went in right from that seminar and put in my two week notice. Mm -hmm. I had a good relationship again with, with the the owner and the director and and the the employees. I had a good relationship. They they were very like, um, like protective of me and stuff. So great people. They had this like, um, like the comment did go around of like, you know, you're young, keep this job 20 years, you can retire. And I was like, mm-hmm. I you're do not out. have 20 years in me of this job. Yeah. You're, you're, you're getting advice from people through their lens mm-hmm. right? on, on what they see is the best thing for you yep. from their perspective. Yep. Right? They're really good people. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, eventually just, I put in my two weeks, it took about a month you know, to find somebody, but that, you know, that's fine. Um, and then I left and instantly our, our day one, we, that we opened pure energy dog training. We had our first board and train come in because it was somebody who had adopted a dog who was struggling and they had reached out 
and I said, hey, I'm opening this business, I'm doing this thing, here's my number, this is the prices, blah, 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 and they signed right up. And then that person told that person and just kept going on from there. So then um, then we were good to go. So it, it wasn't hard to open the business from the standpoint of I didn't need a facility and I didn't need, you know, a ton of equipment and, and, and all this stuff. Not a ton of overhead. Yeah. So I just needed a couple of collars and a dog bed and we ran it out of our condo for a few years, which was crazy <laughs> looking back. Yeah. But um, how, many dogs you think, how many dogs do you think we had in that house? I don't know say. Too many. Cause, oh, we're out of there now okay. and it's sold. And, they can't come back to us. Yeah. Um, probably there was, with boarding eventually, probably like at least four, maybe six sometimes in a one bedroom condo. Yeah, I think it was. But like it was silent. I think it was like 600 square feet. Yeah, it was tiny. Plus we had Archie dogs, but it, you know, <laughs> and a cat, it's fine. She's blind. Another story for another time. But it, you know, it, it, it worked and it was what we needed. And I feel like we can dive into the business on, on another chat, but, um, because that gets pretty deep. Mm -hmm. well, based on all your experience in the shelter world, where your heart was, tell us about Pure Energy Dog Rescue. Okay, so we kind of tested, again, God goes before us, right? So I feel like probably about five years ago, he put on my heart to start my own rescue, right? Kind mm -hmm. of be able to help those dogs from the shelter that weren't getting that chance and for political reasons or for space we're just going to be euthanized things like that so about five years ago we um started to um adopt a dog from a shelter put it through our board and train program and train it and then we would put it up as available for adoption mm -hmm. so that's what we started doing we did about five of them and then i think i got pregnant with shay so we started to like backscale and slow things down but then um the uh that, and then like life just happened, we continued the business and all that stuff and we moved and everything like that and then quickly into being here in North Carolina, we were like, yeah, we, we should start that again. And we had some team members come on who confirmed it. They were like, we should do a rescue. And I was like, well, oddly enough, we do have some experience in that world. So just this month we have our first dog. His name is Levi and he is um, our first pure energy rescue dog. And um, what we do is we, you know, we'll go to the shelter and we'll adopt them. We will train them and then put them up as available for adoption as a fully trained dog. So that way it helps, you know, get some dogs out of the shelter. It helps the shelter world out not being so overly populated. Um, and then it also, you know, it saves a life, saves the dog life, but then it gives that, that second chance. Yep. So. And it gives an owner a turnkey dog. Yes. Yep. So Love Levi it. will be available for adoption in about a week, he's he's good to go. He's healthy. We always, yeah, we always like nurse them back to health too because a lot of times when they come out of the shelter, their skin is messed up. They've been on a bunch of random food, so their stomachs are a little banged up. So we get their health in check. We do all their training. And then in that program, we also train the owners because we know how important that piece is to the puzzle. So the owners will come in for two um, go-home sessions, we call them, where we give you all the information, we train you, we have you working the tools, working the dog, working the program, and then we will um, adopt them out from there. So so yeah, so we awesome. have that coming up. That's exciting. Yeah. So I think the next the next one we will dive into the, the business. business. Yeah. I think that would be a fun conversation to have. Perfect. And we apologize for any construction noise that you hear there's some stuff going on behind us. So. Yeah, stuff in Sorry the background. But yeah, so next week I think a great a great topic will be just the business, how we run our business, maybe some advice yep. for other businesses and yep. just kind Start of Start up, yeah. go from there and then run through the whole 
the whole process. You had Absolutely. you had two children through that process. Yep. So we had. So you can do it. <laughs> we had Shay. And we had Tegan. Yep. Um, both they're two years apart. Yep. So, as a mom, as a female, in the business world, mm -hmm. we persevered, and here we are. That's right. So awesome. join us next week, guys. We are going to be having a new episode come out every week. At least that's our goal. So tune in next week. See ya. Good. <laughs>